You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Right now in the marketplace, there's an abundance of diesel catalytic converters with no place to go. Smelters don't want them. Uh, they're, 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 it's problematic on the processing side. So uh, there's an issue there. They're going to go into landfills or, or else what? So our solution is we're going to be the only solution which will have the ability to process diesel catalytic converters. Uh, so that's pretty attractive when, when you're looking at a business perspective. With that, uh, if we're looking at a $10 million uh, first year uh, rev revenue, use a 15 multiple, that that should, with those numbers, uh, easily give us a 50 cent stock. That's a rough guesstimate, of course. I mean, these are, if the num- numbers fit, fit in, right now we're, we're a, but an 8 cent stock. It's very attractive, obviously. Uh, the future beyond the, the first year is obviously pretty, pretty aggressive growth. You know, I won't even go on to what could happen in the future, but if we do what we say we can do in our first commercial plant, I mean, the world's our oyster. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. And in today's show, you'll be getting an introduction to a new company that I'm looking at investing in and taking on as a show sponsor for the virtues that and the reasons that you're going to learn about today. Joining me today is Greg Pandura. He's the president and CEO, as well as Rick Purdy. He's the president of U.S. operations of Regenix Tech Corp. Uh, This is a rebrand. Formerly, the company was Mineworks Technologies. Gentlemen, thank you for the show, coming onto the show for the first time. Thank you for, for inviting us, Bill. Pleasure to be here. And thank you, Rick. And I enjoyed speaking with you both last week. I like the simplicity of the value proposition. I like that there's near-term cash flow potential, that there's less risk than most mining investments, that it's in the United States. It serves the ESG and green movements, but it's not restricted the way a lot of mining projects are. So for those reasons and others, this is very attractive to me. Uh, And I should note, I'm going to be visiting the company's plant that we're going to talk about today. It's in Johnson City, Tennessee. And on June 1st, I'll be down there, uh, boots on site, checking everything out. So, Greg, I'm alluding to your value proposition, but I haven't described it. So could you walk us through, give us a thumbnail overview of what is Regenex and why would investors want to know more? Sure. Uh, Regenex Bill is a, is a mineral processing technology company. It's a clean tech company. Uh, we, we've evolved from, from technologies on the mining side, which has brought us into uh, precious metal extraction. And uh, we've been working for oh, about uh, three to four years in that regard. And uh, we have uh, completed our, our pilot plant operations in Vancouver, Canada, very successfully. And uh, I've relocated that, uh, that facility, that, uh, that operation down to uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. And, and uh, we can speak to that maybe later in the show. So you serve the platinum and palladium markets. And you do this via a relationship with the recycler, Davis Recycling in Johnson City, Tennessee. Maybe speak a little bit to the dynamics occurring in the platinum and palladium markets right now. Well, the, the platinum and palladium, as everyone probably is aware, is uh, there, there, there's a supply-demand issue here, uh, uh, especially in, in regards to catalytic converters, which, where, which we are involved in. 
and our focus initial focus is on the diesel catalytic converter side uh, for strategic business reasons. But there, there's a real real demand for for platinum and palladium. Prices have increased uh, quite dramatically over the last uh, three four years in. Uh, all indications are that it's going to continue increasing, and uh, our our business model is basically extracting uh, platinum and palladium from diesel catalytic converters in a environmentally friendly manner. So the flow of product, it's not mined out of the earth. When I'm looking at what we're talking about from the vantage point of a mining investor, you're essentially going to be running a mill which is going to be a lot more environmentally friendly than a smelter, which typically would recycle the platinum and the palladium out of the catalytic converters. And, and Rick, can you talk a little bit about your relationship with Davis Recycling? Because your supply of potential product is going to come through this relationship you have with Davis Recycling. Yeah, for sure, Bill. Yeah, Davis is uh, has has been in business for many many years and has the experience uh, and the relationships all around the U.S. and and, and globally. Uh, they are very very knowledgeable in the recycling of, uh, of the catalytic converters, and uh, they're an excellent partner. They're well established and have an excellent reputation. And so, can you give us an idea of the amount of product that they would be able to bring to you in this this uh, plant that you're building in Johnson City, Tennessee? <laughs> more than what uh, what we could probably recycle. Yeah, they uh, their market just grows and grows because their relationships are so strong. And and again, they have the uh, the ability to uh, to service their customers, and that's really really important on the relationship side. Uh, they're not making any more smelters out there, and more refineries aren't popping up. So uh, the the supply chain needs to be able to get it to the smelters, and uh, we become basically that for them, a solution on the diesel side. How is it easy is it to develop a potential supply of diesel catalytic converters? Is Can anybody get into the business? I'm asking a question as it relates to the moat. What makes you unique? What gives you a competitive advantage? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's not an easy business to just jump into because it's an old business. Uh, the recyclers or the, the supply chain uh, is is reliant on relationships that, you know, for example, my dad dealt with this person, so therefore I'm going to deal with this person. It's a trust cash business, and you can't just jump in there and expect the relationships to, uh, number one, trust you, number two, believe that you're going to be in business long term, and number three, be able to have a working, working relationship that's going to be, uh, you know, long going uh, you know, long, long term. So the relationship with Davis Recycling, Greg, is one of your key advantages. But another advantage you described to me is the technology that bypasses the need to smelt and you can precipitate the platinum and palladium. So this is not patented technology, but you described it as proprietary. Uh, can you go into that a little more in depth, please? Sure. Just, just to expand a bit on what uh, Rick was saying there, uh, uh, Davis, what they bring to the table is supply chain management expertise. Uh, in my mind, this is, I mean, it's very scary for, for a, a, a technology company who is into uh, chemical processing to think they can get involved in, in the recycling business and become a supply chain management expert. It, it is not going to happen. So, hence, that's the real trigger point in our partnership with with uh, with Davis, they have the expertise on the whole supply chain management side. They know what we're what they're doing. We know what we're doing on the on the processing side. So it, it's kind of a marriage made made, made in heaven. It's just uh, uh, 
it, it's, 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 it has worked up the last three years. We've worked on a trust relationship with them. That's worked very, very well. So we're really excited to move forward with them and, uh, and uh, start our commercial plant and grow from there. Is there any way a competitor could re- reverse engineer your technology to kind of figure out what you're doing in order to steal market share from you? Yeah, well, it's difficult. I can't say no because anything can happen. I mean, it happens all, all, all the time. But, but it, what we bring to, to the table here, which makes, which, which makes it difficult for somebody else to do what we're doing, is simply they need both disciplines. They, they need the supply chain management side in recycling. They also need the discipline of, 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 of the chem, chemical technology aspect of what we're doing and meld both together to achieve a successful end, end result. So, I mean, we, we look at our, our we're not going to patent our, our technology. We look at it as, as a similar to, a for, for an example, a Coca-Cola formula. And there's strategic reasons why we don't want to uh, patent that, that technology. And uh, I, I think uh, it'll be, it'll be very difficult for, for, for other people to come into the market. It's not impossible, but I think very, very difficult. And the beauty in this business is that there is such a need for a, for a, uh, for a, uh, a company who has the ability to recycle diesel catalytic converters that the first player in this game is going to be the ultimate winner. And uh, that's what we're really looking forward to. So you are the first mover and you don't require any permits from what I understand either, right? Well, like any business, you require permits. Um, we, we've got that. Uh, but no environmental uh, permits, I guess I should clarify. No, yeah, you're right. There's no environmental permits. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a basically benign operation uh, and uh, it's environmentally green. And uh, so we've, we've got no concern on the uh, environmental slash regulatory side. Okay. So you're unlike a lot of companies I feature on the show, which are exploration or development companies, we're talking about finding a resource, growing a resource, or in certain cases, bringing a resource, a reserve into production. So you are a near-term cash flow story. You have a pilot plant in Johnson City, Tennessee, and then you want to build a full commercial plant. Can you kind of give us a timeline for that? And what is the capital expenditure that you will need? Well, the, the the timeline on that is is where we've just started our 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 pilot plant operation in John Johnson City. Uh, as I said, the 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 proof of the technology was proven in Vancouver already. We, we we've got no no issue there. We, we know we can do what we can do and extract the platinum and the palladium in an economically viable manner. What we're doing in Tennessee is think think of it as uh, as a, as a scale up. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are aligning our, our information so that we understand best the, through the scale-up to uh, better uh, make our commercialization less problematic, if you like. That will complete our, our commercial design for the plant, which is going to be, we're looking at uh, later summer, being able to, to start procuring uh, equipment for our commercial plant, which will be 10 tons a day. Rick, you're down in the U.S. Uh, overseeing the U.S. operations. Can you give us a boots-on-the-ground perspective of how things are progressing? 
Yeah, very, very well. Um, we've been working really closely with Ben and his team as well on on creating efficiencies for the plant. Uh, you know, he comes from a, a very well-versed background on, uh, on, you know, grinding technology and stuff on the cat side. So we're able to glean a lot of that experience and, and what's readily available out there on the front end from the supply side and getting it into our, our pilot plant. And uh, our testing and, and all the different efficiencies that we've learned has come along very well. So we're very excited. And what is your JV partnership? Uh, could you break that down to, for us, the financial partnership with Davis Recycling? Sure. Yeah, we're at a 55% uh, Mineworks and 45% Davis Recycle. Okay. That's the JV. Yep. And so on the CapEx spend, then Davis Recycling will put up the 45% as well. That's the way it's structured, correct. Yeah. And then what are the numbers on the, the full commercial plant build-out? What, what, what is the CapEx and what would be Regenex portion of that? Greg, do you want to speak to that? The, the CapEx for the, we're, we're still fine-tuning that, but the cap, CapEx is going to be approximately uh, five to six million U.S. dollars to, uh, to, to have the, the plant itself. Um, uh, we're we're, we're fa- fairly comfortable that, uh, that we have that funding in place already. The economics are stro- so strong in that regard. We've got, uh, we've got a very good interest on, on that side as we speak, both on the debt and on the equity side. So uh, uh, we're, we're pretty comfortable moving forward in that, that direction with a finance perspective. Your market cap is Canadian 25 million to 30 million market cap. That's where it's been uh, bouncing around. Investors, when they're looking at a cash flow story, they want to assess the, the hurdles to cash flow. Are they reasonable and achievable in a reasonable amount of time, which in my what you're describing seems to be the case here. Then they want to look at the cash flow, especially first year. Is it scalable? And then what uh, multiple cash flow multiple they can apply to it to kind of estimate uh, you know, a return based on a future market cap valuation. So could you address that, please? Yeah, sure. Um, the... For first year operations are are projected to to gen- generate uh, just over twenty million million dollars uh, net profits to to the to the joint venture, which is uh, U.S. dollars or, or Canadian. U U uh, U.S. dollars. Okay. So the for sake of the, of the discussion here, we'll say that the uh, mine works or Regenix portion is going to be ten million dollars U.S. Uh, uh, if you want to take a take a look at it from a, a, a price on, on a price earnings perspective, the average average uh, uh, I'll call it uh, multiple for a technology company is around fifteen. So with, with that, uh, if we're looking at a ten million million dollar uh, first year uh, rev revenue, use a fifteen multiple that that should with those numbers. Uh, Easily give us a fifty cent stop. Um, uh, so that that's a rough guesstimate, of course. I mean, these are if the num- numbers fit fit in. Right now, we're we're a, but an eight cent stock. Uh, so we we it's it's very attractive. Obviously, uh, the future beyond the, the first year is obviously pretty pretty aggressive growth. So. Uh, you know, I won't even go on to what could happen in the future, but if we do what we say we can do in our first commercial plant, I mean, the world's our oyster. And would you need to develop more relationships with recyclers beyond Davis in order to scale up and build plants throughout the U.S.? 
I, I think I think our partnership with Davis will extend beyond the initial plant. At least I hope it does. And uh, I think they, they would want to be part of that. Uh, as Rick mentioned, uh, they've got relate relationships on on the West Coast, East Coast. They're, it, it's a very close-knit business, and people know each other. So uh, Davis is going to be getting a lot of calls in the last six months about when are we going to get this thing going? Because right now in the marketplace, there, there's an abundance of diesel catalytic converters with no place to go. Smelters don't want them. Uh, they're, 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 it's problematic on the processing side. So uh, there's an issue there. They're going to go into landfills or, or else what? So our solution is we're going to be the only solution which will have the ability to process diesel catalytic converters. Uh, so that's pretty attractive when, when you're looking at a business perspective. Rick, uh, you are close with the Davis family and Ben Davis, who you've referenced, uh, their ability to help capitalize their part of the JV partnership in building this plant. That's not going to be a problem for them. No, no, not a problem at all. Okay. And Greg, uh, I also understand that you could be working towards some carbon credits with this business model as well. Yeah, we're, we're just starting down that road. Uh, it's, it's looking very, very, very exciting. That's going to be, I look at as a secondary source of revenue for us. Uh, we we fit the bill. There, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of, uh, information that has to be required from the audit side to be, to be able to, f- to fit into that program. And uh, w- once our pilot plant is up and running here, uh, we'll start that process. But yes, we'll be, we'll be a, a player in the carbon credit uh, business. And Greg, before we go, can you talk a little bit about the next six months in terms of financing, uh, what's in the treasury, and any more details you can give about how you're going to capitalize the company? Uh, right now, what we're looking at a, at a, a short-term funding. Uh, that'll be disclosed probably in, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, that, uh, that funding will, will get us to uh, the procurement of equipment for the commercial plant. And, uh, uh, and as I said before, the, the, the commercial, the capex for the commercial plant, I believe is pretty well taken care of. So, uh, our, our, the funding, which we're alluding to now is going to be pro- primarily taking us to the path from now to, to, uh, late, uh, late summer. And any inflationary or supply ch- supply chain issues that could derail your timeline, or is it looking pretty good on that front? Yeah, no, it's looking pretty good on that front. Uh, everything looks in order. Uh, we're we're going to procure all our equipment uh, this time in the U.S. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, forego a lot of issues which we had in the past, which created a little bit of a delay for, for us. So uh, we've talked to most of our suppliers. Uh, we just got to fine tune the, the final bit of equipment that we require for this ten ton per day plant. Okay. And uh, Rick, any, any other insights you can share from your perspective there in the U.S.? Yeah, I, I just, I'm excited to have uh, people come on board and just, you know, share our story and get involved in as an investor. And we're, uh, we're looking forward to perform and to hit our milestones and really be something that is, uh, is big, big picture and be excitable for, for everybody to be involved. So we want to make some money and uh, be a very successful company. So thank you very much for your time today, Bill. Thank you, Rick. I look forward to seeing you in two weeks in Tennessee. And Greg, thank you for this overview. And I look forward to meeting you two weeks in Tennessee as well. Thanks, Bill. I enjoyed the talk. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.